Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 2, Episode 10, Bane. Not not the Batman villain Bane, just, just Bane in, in general. It kind of um, would have made this episode more fun. Yeah, this is this is not a good one. I, I'm not a fan of this episode. I don't, yeah. I think this is probably like the the my least favorite episode from this season. It's just, I don't know. It's not great. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would sum up this episode. Um, well, pretty much the entire conflict could have been avoided if Teal'c hadn't left. Yeah. Well, also, it could have been if, if Mayborn wasn't an asshole, really. <laughs> Yes. It's all Mayborn's fault. <laughs> ah, all right, we'll leave it at that. Okay. It's all Mayborn's fault. All his fault. Episode yes. over. Yep. Okay. So this episode aired September 25th, 1998, which was actually about a month since the last episode aired, since episode nine. So there was a little break in here. It was oh, so written was like a mini hiatus. I guess so. Yeah. It was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by David Worry Smith. And in this episode, Tilk is infected with deadly venom from a giant insect and begins a terrible transformation. When he escapes the SGC, SG-1 must find him before Colonel Mayborn does. I feel like they used also the same insects when they started designing the insects for Stargate Atlantis. They do, yeah, they do kind of look like the wraith bug thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's they like they also, took that and they were like start with this you know like those Kohler yeah commercials where they're like build me build me an yeah. alien around this yes it they do also kind of look like the Nox the insect on the Nox planet a little bit that sort of oversized dragonfly mosquito hummingbird thing so I I, I, I wonder if they're related I mean if you think about it could the wraith bug be a uh, uh, like a mutation of this bug? Can because they kind of do the same thing in that they transform a person? Yeah, into hmm. into, into something. Hmm. Did we just crack something open? Oh my! Is this episode more interesting than we thought it was? <laughs> we have to have something to go on. Oh. Uh. Anyway. Maybe that was the entire basis for the Atlanta show. They were like, wait a minute. What about that bug from episode, you know, season two, episode, what episode are we on? Ten. Episode ten? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bane. Where they're like, huh, what about that bug from episode two, or season two, <laughs> episode ten, Bane? Like, it was the worst episode that we ever wrote, except those bugs were cool. What if we took that and gave it its own show? But not that one, you know, like an evolved one. Yeah. You know, now I, I got to Google it real quick just to remind myself what it looks like if I am thinking of the right looking thing. Stargate Atlantis Wraith. Uh, oh, no. I mean, kind, kind of. Not quite, but kind of. Yeah, the the wraith bug's a little smaller. It's a little more like streamlined. It's not as sort of bulbous in the body, but then the tail. It's more sort of like, you know, it flows a little more from body to tail. But there are there are similarities I could see. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to close this page because it's just really gross to look at. And I don't want to look at it anymore. 
<laughs> you want to look at it the whole time we're talking about? Nope. Talking about bugs? Huh? You don't want to look at it the whole time we're talking about bugs? No, I, I don't like bugs. I'm I am not a bug person. That that might be one of the reasons I don't like this episode. I don't like bugs. Like I don't I don't do bugs. Bugs mm-hmm. are this. no thank no thank you. So. Okay, should we finally actually start talking about this episode? <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. Uh, so we open on a lovely map painting of what looks like a fairly advanced society. There's lots of sort of like chroming glass and stuff and SG-1 are walking around and it is apparently completely deserted. Uh, this is not consistent with any sort of ghouled attack as that would have also left the city in ruins. So nobody has any ideas what happened here, but like the atmosphere is good. So there's no sort of obvious reason why there's just nobody there. Also, at one point, Jack steps in this really gross yellow goo thing, and Sam's like, they might have a pigeon problem. Wait, ew, ew. Cause th- those, would be some, those would be some real big pigeons, if, if that's true. Yeah, that's not, that's not good. No. And just then, like, something sort of, like, buzzes by Jack, and he's like, whoa. And they're trying to look around and find it, and then everybody turns to stare at Tilk, who now has a large bug stuck to his back that kind of looks like a cross between like a dragonfly and a mosquito. Like it's got one of those sort of like armored looking exoskeleton things with like a really long tail with a thing on the end of it. Like a and scorpion pokey. Yeah. Kind of like a, yeah, the scorpion tail thing. And Jack sort of slowly like draws his gun, I guess, intending to like shoot it off Tilk's back, which I, I mean, I guess would work. I mean, it seems kind of extreme, but Okay. Um, but before he can do that, it stings Tilk, who, like, just collapses in pain. So Jack then yells at Sam for Novocaine, and Daniel's like, we gotta go now. And Jack's like, no, really, duh, of course we do. And Daniel's like, no, like, really, we really have to go, because there's now a swarm of bugs flying over a building towards our team. Do you think in reality they actually would have made it to the gate in time with the swarm of bugs flying that quickly? Well, I mean, the bugs were up high. It didn't look like they were that close based on sort of how big the one on Tilk's back was and how big they looked. They still seemed fairly far away, and I don't think they were too far from the gate. It seemed like they just sort of gotten there. Mm -hmm. So I think they were still kind of close to the gate. Okay. Um, I was wondering myself if that was some movie magic. (laughs) I don't know. Because, well, I mean, if you think back to the, like, the map painting, like, the the Stargate's in the foreground, and then these, like, bridges over, like, a river or something, and then the city. So they would have to, like, run over the bridge-looking thing. But maybe, if they were still close to the other side of the bridge, maybe. But, I mean, they did make it, so. Yay! (laughs) Yay! They lived to fight another day. Yes. Sort of. Would you like some fun facts about the location where this exterior was filmed? I would love some. Okay, so this is the Plaza of Nations in Vancouver. It was built as part of the 1986 World Exposition on Transportation and Communication, which was also known as Expo 86, which was a version of the World's Fair. It was held in Vancouver from May 2nd to October 13th, 1986. The fair, the theme of which was Transportation and Communication, World in Motion, World in Touch, coincided with Vancouver's centennial and was held on the north shore of False Creek. The plaza had a capacity of 4,500 people. 
It was at one point nominated to be added to the Vancouver Heritage Register, and it was a popular like concert venue and hosted various other entertainment and cultural events like the week here had said like Foo Fighters and like Hootie and the Blowfish played there and stuff. Um, however, in November 2006, the glass roof of the structure was deemed no longer safe and the area under it was closed to the public. During 2007 and 2008, most of the plaza was demolished, leaving only the East Office building open and the amphitheater was then rebuilt and restored with original seating and new flooring. The site has since been renamed the Expo Gardens, and there are plans to build 1.4 million square feet of residential properties and 700,000 square feet of commercial and retail property. Some of that may have been done because the last sort of update I was able to find on it was from like 2010, like 2009, 2010. So, but that's the Plaza of Nations, which we will see again. 98, sorry. Yes, 98. Mm, okay, so yeah. thankfully before they deemed the glass roof <laughs> yes. unsafe. Yes, and uh, we will see this site again in the episode 2010 in a couple seasons. So, um, yeah, that fancy like sort of teleportation port thing. Oh, okay. Placed. So there you go. Oh, Something to port. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the team makes it back to the SGC and Jack yells for the text to lock it up while Sam yells for a med team. And we then hear quite a few of the bugs splat against the iris and Hammond's like, what is that? And Jack's like, bugs, just really big, gross bugs. And we then move to the infirmary where Dr. Fraser is looking at Tilk's wound and it's like, it's, it's gross. This is not, this looks really gross and bad. And he's like, He's in a lot of pain and it's like just getting worse. And Junior, for some reason, is not doing his job as he should. And so Dr. Frazier then takes like a swab for analysis and we sort of fade out on Tilk's face in pain as we then cut to the opening credits. Yeah, something's up because Junior should be like handling things and he he's not. So sad yeah. to see Tilk in pain. It is. Yeah. Christopher Judge. Okay. I will say as much as I don't like this episode, Christopher Judge is really good in it. Like his acting, like with the pain and everything, I think is good. I just like, it's the story really that I'm just not a big fan of, but you know, yeah. acting is always on point for these guys. Yeah. So. You can tell when it's really good when you kind of forget that, oh, that's right. You have to pretend like you're in that much pain and you yeah. don't even really notice. I will agree with that. Yeah. Yes. We come back from the opening credits and out in the hallway, Hammond is there with SG-1 waiting. And according to Dr. Fraser, it looks like Tilk has all the symptoms of a viral infection. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is that there's a bunch of DNA in Tilk's blood that's not his. To, to which Jack and Daniel both ask, what does that, before Daniel finishes, mean? So we get Jack and Daniel talking together again, which I love when that Aww, happens. Nice. And, yeah. And unfortunately, Dr. Frazier doesn't really know this kind of isn't really her area of expertise. But luckily, Sam knows a guy. When uh, when she was at the Pentagon, she studied with Dr. Timothy Harlow, who's one of the top geneticists, and he does have full security clearance. Great. He'll be here by the end of the day. So luckily for us, Sam knows a guy. So yay. Yay. Sometime later, Sam walks into Dr. Fraser's lab to find Dr. Harlow there with her. He insists on calling him Timothy. So, unfortunately, he has bad news. 
the blood sample from the subject. Uh, samples, the subject's name is Tilk, please, Dr. Harlow. And that, that blood sample that Dr. Fraser took earlier, just mere hours later, no longer contains any of Tilk's DNA. It only has the DNA from the alien bug thing. Whatever was in that bug's venom has some kind of retrovirus that is rewriting Tilk's DNA. Not and, less good. Less good. Not, yeah, not this, very good. No. Mm -mm, things just getting worse by the minute. Mm. And Junior seems to only sort of be like stemming the tide and not like stopping this change from happening. And okay, so what does this mean for Tilk? Well, unfortunately, even with 30 years of research into human DNA, he just didn't know aliens existed until a few hours ago. So we, I, we, we, we're kind of stuck there on that point as far as what does it mean for Tilk? Uh, I, I don't know. I just found we'll find out. find out together. Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so over in the infirmary, Jack is keeping Tilk company and Tilk just, I, ugh, ah, he isn't, he's in bad shape. He's in very bad shape. Uh, he also says, I do not want to become something other than who I am. So do you think he's like sensing this change that's happening in him? Because that's sort of a very specific thing to say. I mean, pretty much all of his actions and everything throughout this episode are just flat out weird. Because like later on, you know, it just. I don't know. I don't I don't want to, you know, discuss stuff before we get there. But like every, everything he says and does in this episode is just really weird. Yeah, it almost so, seems like yeah. whatever the virus is doing in addition to changing his DNA seems to be like some sort of sixth sense that it is doing these things and like somehow telling Tilk what will happen to him or something. Yeah, because he somehow seems to know. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> For not yeah. having any idea what's happening. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he also says that, like, basically, like, if, if the worst comes to worst, that he, he would rather die. And Jack's his best friend. So, hey, hey, Jack, if we get to that point, please kill me. Which that's always fun to have to deal with. So. I feel like, though, sometimes you kind of need to, like, establish that with your friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like you have to have your friend that you would, like, rob a bank with. You have yes. to have your friend that you would hide a body with. And you have yep. to have your friend that, like, would kill you if you met a fate worse than death. I'm, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. You need to have that list of friends. You need to establish this. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Forget, I like, think the I top have... five people that you would sleep with that you've already agreed upon with your spouse that, like, <laughs> if this person is so, I have a past, you need, you need your top five friend All list. <laughs> top uh... five friend list of dire situations. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I should work on that. I think I got a few of those spots filled. I could probably fill in a couple more gaps. There you go. <laughs> So Jack is then apparently summoned to Hammond's office where we see everybody's favorite human, Mayborn. And I love that Jack goes, hello, Mayborn. Like Seinfeld goes, hello, Newman. It's just that same just level of animosity in that hello, Mayborn. Oh, he's just so happy to see him, you can tell. Mm -hmm. And apparently the SGC is being ordered to turn Tilk over to Mayborn. 
as Mayborn says, the SGC is like the frontline search and retrieve organization, whereas Mayborn is like head of the research and development team. And this really falls under his area of expertise because, hey, this could be a new bioweapon. Yeah, never, never mind the fact that you know, there's a person dying. You just want the tech from it. Okay. So then Jack turns to Hammond and goes, permission to beat the crap out of this guy. <laughs> I just like that line. I mean, yeah, that that's that's a good one. And Mayborn just kind of looks at him like, "You're not gonna say yes, are you?" <laughs> so it's like, un- unfortunately, Jack does not get permission to do what we all would love to do at this point. And Sam then walks back into the lab and basically curses out Dr. Harlow because she seems to be under the impression that the NID taking Tilk away is all his fault. And he's like, "Well, yes." Because, you know, this guy has no idea how bad the NID is and all the crap that they've pulled before. And he's like, you guys can't handle, you don't have the equipment to be able to handle what's going on here. So let's take him to a facility that can handle it. And I will be with him. And I promise no harm will come to him. Everything will be fine. Oh, I just had a thought of backtracking to the, to back, back when they said the um, permission to beat the crap out of him, sir. Yeah. Do you suppose there was a outtake where, um, oh, why am I forgetting Hammond's name? The actor. Don, Don Davis? Yes. yes, Don. Do you suppose there was a take where Don Davis was just like, granted, just go. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely <laughs> there was. And then, and Richard and Rick, like, just pulled his arm back <laughs> like he was gonna. <laughs> yes, that absolutely happened on one take, yes. <laughs> I, I believe, right. yep. <laughs> so over in the infirmary we see Tilk is now getting put into a hazmat suit and is also getting like wrist and ankle shackles why why he's not a prisoner like why are they treating him like he's going to like supermax or something yeah um, and they're having him walk around I know it's like if he's sick he should be in a gurney like what what's happening yeah. um Dr. Fraser tries to stop it by insisting that Tilk is not well enough to be moved, but Mayborn's like, well, I got this guy to back me up that he is well enough to be moved. So, unfortunately, this is not getting stopped. And the rest of SG-1 is just waiting out in the hall, lamenting how they can, like, how can we just let this happen? And it's like, well, we kind of don't have an option right now, unfortunately, because the president's incommunicado. So Sam does add in that she does trust Timothy, even if she doesn't trust Mayborn. And they then see Tilk being let out in the shackles. And they are very much not happy with this situation. It's it's very sad and depressing what is happening to Tilk right now. It is. So in the transportation van, uh, Mayborn and Dr. Harlow are talking. And apparently Mayborn wants Tilk to change. Like he doesn't want... Dr. Harlow to like heal Tilk. He wants to see what would happen, which, uh, fuck you, Mayborn. Fuck you very much. You're horrible. Yeah, that's not right. No. And Tilk then like screams in pain, like rips off the hood, breaks out of his chains, and like kind of beats Mayborn and Harlow and whoever else is in the back of the van with him up a little bit, which we don't see that, but we sort of hear it as we cut to like the driver in the front. And then we get Tilk's arm like punching through that little window that's always in those things that separates the back of the van from the driver. And he like grabs the driver and something bad then happens. Back in the briefing room at the SGC, Sam seems to be arguing for going back to the planet to see like what other technologies could be there because they think, you know, get a chance to look around before. And Jack's like, but bugs, 
big bugs. Why? Why do you want to go back? Just no. Bugs, gross, no. And Hammond then comes in and tells them that they've received an emergency communication from the driver. So back with Tilk, everybody else in the van is unconscious. Maybe dead. I don't think so. I think they're just unconscious. Uh, And Tilk has now completely broken free of all his chains and rid himself of the hazmat suit. And he then stops to pull out his symbiote and drops it like on top of the hazmat suit before taking off into the woods with a radio from one of the guards that was with them. So that's another like why that seems to be another thing for like Tilk is sensing that something is going on inside him and like Junior's not helping the situation which is just, it's well, weird. They said that the the ghoul symbiote, they, like, they said it was helping, just not that much. Yeah, like, it wasn't stopping the transformation. It was only slowing it down, which I guess maybe based on how much pain Tilk was in was causing more pain because it was dragging things out, maybe. It's the only thing I can think of that makes sense. Sort of. So, but then he, he starts off the episode of, like, I would rather die, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts to seem like he's helping it. Yeah. By, like, ripping out his symbiote and then, like, just running away. Yeah. And and hiding in not at all a contained place. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Tilk's actions are just weird. It's the, Right. And then he keeps saying, like, just, I can't stop it. It's not, it can't be, like, what? You don't even know what it is. You yeah. know what's happening to you. Yeah. Um. So the rest of SG-1 make it to the scene, like, of the crash and everything and start looking over what's there. And Daniel's the one who spots Junior. And so far, it's still alive, which is good. Um. Back at the SGC in the infirmary, Dr. Frazier's examining everybody and Mayborn like starts barking out orders. Like he wants like troops and canine units, and Jack comes in and he's like, they will report to me because the troops will be all SGC personnel, which means they report to Jack. So order all the people you want, they're still gonna report to me. And as Mayborn goes to leave, Jack kind of like stands in his way, and Mayborn goes, striking an officer is a quick way to a court martial. Jack's like, don't worry, I'm just going to shoot you. <laughs> so, like, which I also like. Yes. There, I mean, there's some good stuff with Jack and Mayborn in this episode. I will give you that. So, all right. So, Mayborn then leaves, and Jack's like, okay, okay what, like, what happened? Please tell me what happened. So, just, but according to Dr. Harlow, Tilk just, like, went crazy and, like, must have taken Junior out himself, okay? But why would he do that? And then Jack mentions how Tilk told him about how he would rather die than change. And Dr. Harlow seems to think that Tilk won't die. And Daniel's like, but he symbiote is the thing that keeps him alive. And it, it seems to be that Dr. Harlow's logic is that because the bug's DNA is overriding Tilk's DNA, he is slowly ce- ceasing to be a Jaffa. So therefore, if he's not a Jaffa, he doesn't need the symbiote. So the symbiote was doing more harm than good, I think. Hmm. Which, I mean, kind of makes sense, but also it's not making Tilk human. It's making Tilk a bug. So Tilk is still going to die. Yeah. Because it's overriding his DNA with bad things, not good things. With bugness. Yes. (laughs) 
So over in the med lab, we have Sam and Dr. Fraser with Junior in a tank, and they're doing their best to keep it alive. And Sam wishes she was better able to access like Jolinar's memory sort of like on command rather than just having them come to her whenever they want, whenever the story, whenever the story requires it, they come. But if it's better for the story that they, that she doesn't have the memories, then we don't get the memories. So, <laughs> Funny how that works, uh, isn't it? I know, isn't that great? Um, however, luckily they do have like a sample of the fluid from Tilk's pouch. So they're basically just doing their best to sort of synthesize the chemicals that make that liquid up. Which, so, ew. I know. You're like, mm. uh, we then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody, yeah, somebody had to reach in there and get it. <laughs> or maybe they gave a little cup to Tilk and he got it himself. I don't know. <laughs> Sample. A little, specimen, a little specimen cup. Not a conversation I want to have of Tilk. I need some cup. I need some pouch fluid. Ew. Go behind the curtain. <laughs> Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> okay. Uh, we then get a quick cut to the woods with canine units searching for Tilk before we move to the briefing room where Jack and Hammond are going over a map and sort of striking out places where Tilk has not been found. And Daniel then comes running in and is like, they found him. Well, sort of. Uh, they managed to pick up his radio signal and it's been patched into the control room. So Jack goes to talk to him and Tilk just tells him, like, don't let Mayborn find me, basically, is the only thing he'll say. And Jack promises that they won't. And he tries to get Tilk to tell him where he is, but he won't. And then he just, like, drops the radio on the ground and, like, wanders off through the woods again. So No sense. No no. sense whatsoever. He should have been like, come and get me. I'm here. Just don't tell Mayborn that you found me. Yeah. It's Come on now. Episode over. Yeah. Exactly. So over in the infirmary, Sam, Dr. Fraser, and Dr. Harlow are staring at the symbiote when Dr. Harlow mentions he might have an idea on how to save Tilk. Apparently, yay! He's apparently been working on RNA inhibitors that they might be able to combine with the symbiote's natural healing ability. And they're like, you're just telling us this now? And somehow Sam leaps onto knowing that Mayborn was gonna let Tilk change. Like, I, I I have no idea how she got from the conversation they were having to Mayborn wanted Tilk to change, didn't he? Like... I don't know. That seems to happen a lot where characters yeah. seem to make really interesting leaps to things that work out, but you're just like, no one would have ever thought of that there. No. Um... And Dr. Harlow Harlow assures her that he was not going to let that happen. Okay, so whatever. Sure, say that what you want. So what do you need? So apparently the thing he needs is a sample of a venom from a bug, preferably alive, if they can. In in Hammond's office, they're all discussing if they can trust Dr. Harlow and that um, they still can't find Tilk. And unfortunately, the president is still indisposed. So they kind of have no choice but to trust Dr. Harlow at this point. So Jack, Sam, and Daniel are going to head back to BP63Q1 to try and capture an insect alive. Fun. Fun times. That sounds like a lovely vacation. Tilk is wandering through the streets when he comes across, like, some homeless youths, some punks. I don't know. (laughs) I always love love when you see these kind of people in, like, movies and TV shows where it's just, like, people standing around doing nothing. And all of a sudden one of them's like, hey, 
Look at this guy. Let's, Let's go, go him for a while. He looks like a brick shit house. Let's go mess with him. Like, why? <laughs> like, you see a dude that looks like Tilk on the street and you want to go harass him? You are an idiot. You are an idiot. <laughs> there are so many movies that do this. Hey, look at this guy. Let's mm-hmm. go pick on him for a while. Yeah, and the one dude, like, is asking him, like, how'd you get your tattoo, man? He's, like, on Chulak. He's, like, oh, where's Chulak and stuff? And, like, Tuck's, like, just leave me alone. Please, like, get out of my way. Leave me alone. And dude's, like, not going to leave you alone until you tell me you got your tattoo, dude. So Tuck just, like, stares him dead in the eyes and goes, the skin is cut with an auroch knife and pure molten gold is poured into the wound. And then, like, Tilk picks him up by his throat and just, like, moves him out of the way. So it's like, yeah, you do- don't mess with Tilk at all. And then this little girl comes out and is like, that dude's cool. So apparently he, he impressed somebody. But they also do the thing where, like, for the little kid, like, at first you think it's a boy. And then later she takes her hat off. And you're supposed to be like, oh, what? It's a girl. It's a girl. Yeah. Well, he does call her Allie. So I think we know kind of right away she is a girl and not a boy. Because he does call her Allie. Like, me if she goes, that dude's cool. And he's like, go away, Allie. Nobody wants you here or something like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. We then get a quick jump back to the SGC to see SG-1 heading out to Abydos. I mean, BP-6, 3Q1, with apparently only gas masks as protective gear, which, like, the gas masks are not necessary. Armor armor would be helpful. Some kind of body armor would, would like, I just, why the gas mask? Because it doesn't serve any purpose at all. Like, they don't spray gas at you. They sting you. Like, I don't understand this choice. Like, at all. (laughs) I really don't. Do you suppose scenarios like this that any of the actors had the same reaction of, like, "Mm, it's not, what the, why? Why? (laughs) Please explain, because I don't understand. I wonder how often this also happened in in Yeah. I don't know. was like, this is not what's happening here. It's like, I know it's sci-fi and things are a little weird, but just internally, this doesn't make any sense to the universe that we're in. Because there are big stinging bugs and you're giving us gas masks. Please explain how that's supposed to help. What we need are the big, like, the big shield things that police have for crowd control. Yeah. Or, like, get, like, the NASA spacesuits or something, maybe. I don't know. Just... Mm-hmm. I mean, it would at least be thicker clothing because they're still in just their normal BDUs and a gas mask. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. Right, like riot gear, maybe something, you know? Yeah, should have been in riot gear. Yeah, something. Come on. Oh, but uh, anyway, a cu- quick cut then back to Tilk, who continues just stumbling through the city. And then back at the SGC, there's no word yet on Tilk. And Dr. Fraser is also not sure how much long Junior's going to make it. And Hammond's getting ready to send SG3 after SG1. And, like, thing, things are looking dire. Things are not looking great for anybody, unfortunately, at this point in the show. Tilk then finds an abandoned building and stumbles inside and he's like kind of covered in sores and he just like collapses and he just, he is looking rough. He again, like bravo to Christopher Judge for this acting. Cause like, Oh, you can, you, he like, you can feel it. Yeah. It's he's selling like, it. Mm-hmm. He is very much selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Back at the SGC, SG1 is back, and Jack yells for them to close the iris as one of the bugs flies through, and Jack starts firing at it as it, like, zips around in the gate room, and he finally, like, kind of wings it, and it falls down behind the gate, which is cool. We don't often see, like, behind the gate, so I was like, that's cool that it's over there, I guess. And then Sam runs up to it and shoots it with, like, liquid nitrogen or something to sort of freeze it. So it's still alive because Dr. Harlow said he wanted it alive. So if he wanted it alive, why did they ha- why were they shooting it with machine guns? <laughs> Again, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they said it alive preferably. That yeah, that is true. So, but we did get it alive. So, yeah. Yay for that, I guess. So in the lab with Dr. Harlow and they're looking at the bug and Hammond informs them that there's no word yet on Tilk, but that Mayborn has now put out an APB with the city and state police. So there's more people looking for Tilk now that we don't want looking for Tilk. And they also show Hammond some footage that they took while they were on the planet. And it seems like the final stage of the transformation requires darkness. And we see a sort of like man-shaped cocoon when suddenly the cocoon bursts open and a whole bunch of those insects burst out of said cocoon. And it was gross. And Ham is like, all of those came from one person. And Dr. Harlow's like, oh, yes, of course, equal matter conversion. So since humans, or like Jaffa, as the case may be, have a whole lot more matter than the little tiny bug, Tilk's not going to just turn into one of those things. He's going to turn into a whole bunch of those things. So the day just started looking so much better for everybody. Yay. Mm. Back in the abandoned building, the young girl we saw earlier with the group of kids has found Tilk, and she has a water gun, and she doesn't really seem to be afraid of Tilk and just wants to help him, which is cool. Like, she gives him food and goes to, like, get more food when he asks. And Dude, she really made me. She really made me want a chocolate bar. <laughs> I was I have watching that education. episode, and I was like, "Where's my Halloween candy? I don't." <laughs> I got two full boxes of the Costco full-size chocolate bars for Halloween. If you want one. <gasps> oh man, I might because I have not bought any Halloween candy yet because I knew I would just eat it. Yeah, the problem is we don't get that many trick or treaters, so we're gonna have so much candy left over, which I'm just gonna make Chris take to the office when he goes into the office because I don't need that in my house. <laughs> but um so in this scene we do get the sort of fun thing of like more tilk not understanding earth slang and stuff and i think they're they're kind of cute together tilk and his little girl there yeah Yeah. i do like the the joke that she makes even though like no little kid would ever say this where she looks at him and she's like you look worse than my dad my dad or like you look worse than my dad when he got shot he died. Yeah. <laughs> like, funny joke, yes. No nine-year-old girl would ever say that. No. no. Um, and then, like, Tilt just basically keeps reiterating to her that, like, they must not find me. So. Why? Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know, I like, I get why he doesn't want Mayborn to find him, but you have friends out there who do want to help. So, I don't know. It's weird. Again, just another weird thing that's happening. A uh, little fun fact here. Uh, Colleen Renison, who plays Allie, will return later in the episode Rite of Passage as the now teenaged Cassandra. So, 
So oh, back really? again, playing somebody okay. else. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the med lab, Dr. Harlow is like dissecting the bug and Daniel is uh, reluctantly assisting. <laughs> Dr. Harlow's like, can you hold this flap for me? And Daniel's like, me, me. It's like, well, you're standing like six inches away from him. So yes, you, Daniel, mm-hmm. you're the one who's standing right there. And Dr. Harlow then inserts a syringe and draws out some of the venom and Sam then comes in with some sort of early calculations as far as the transformation stuff is concerned. And even with like a conservative estimate, if Tilk actually completes the transformation, there could be a swarm of millions of these bugs in like six to eight weeks. Yay. yay. Okay. Allie has returned with food and is sort of keeping an eye out on things. And she sees the cops questioning the boys that Tilk ran into earlier. And she goes back and tries to figure out like who Tilk is and what he's done. Like, is he one of like by the cops? Like what's his deal? But he's obviously not telling her anything. Uh, Only that, you know, he hasn't done anything, but like they still don't let them find me. Uh, And also he's dangerous. So she needs to leave. She's like, no, I'm good. I know you're a good guy. And he's like, don't you have to like be in school or something? But also it's summer. So we get actually like time of like year in the show, which I don't think we've gotten before really. So, well, there was one episode where we saw on like security camera footage, it was like September at one point, I think in season one. Mm -hmm. So, but it's now summer in universe. So here we go. Mm -hmm. And also she knows a better place for him to hide. If he really wants to not be found, there's a better place in this building for him than just the ground floor that he walked in on. So uh, a quick cut back to the SGC where the president has like sort sort of overruled Mayborn a little bit. Um, basically, Mayborn can continue his search, but if Tilk is found, he will instead be brought back to the SGC, not to Area 51 or wherever Mayborn was taking him. So that's sort of our first piece of good news, I guess, for this episode. We then... Uh, head back towards Tilk and Allie and we sort of get a back and forth of Allie helping Tilk hide deeper into the building as men in hazmat gear jump out of vans and like storm the building trying to find Tilk. So they apparently the, the, the boys did give up some information and Tilk has been found. And back at the SGC, Dr. Harlow thinks he's figured out how to slow the transformation enough that with Junior, Tilk may be cured, but, well, Junior's dying, so... Not good. Less good. Yes. Need a good plan. Yes. And back with Tilk, the guys in the hazmat gear burst through the doors and start looking around, and they find where Tilk just was, but all that's left there is Allie's water gun, and the camera kind of, like, slowly pans up, and we see Tilk looking down on them through a hole in the ceiling, And Allie starts making her way back out of the building. And as she sort of passes like an intersection with another hallway, there's like a creak in the floor and there's one of the hazmat guys there and she's been caught. And we get a jump up to Tilk, who's like in really, really, really bad shape. And you can see the sort of cocoon starting to form around him, which is like, where did that stuff come from? How, like, how did it get there? Like, well, there was an earlier scene where his hands start to get like gooey. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, probably just kind of secretes okay. and dries. 
like out of his pores and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how it becomes a full-on web, but it, yeah. would, it would make sense. Like, over his clothes, I don't know. I know, it's like, but he's wearing clothes, so, okay. But it would it would make sense if, like, his skin got kind of weird, but I don't know about yeah. But, so, like, if you were Allie, and mm-hmm. sure, you met a nice guy who obviously looked sick, and then, even though you're not afraid of him, people start to show up in hazmat suits looking for him. Would you still be like... Dude, go hide in the corner. They'll never find you there. I yeah. Or if no. you're like as quick-witted as they make her character her character out to be, would you be like, mm, you should probably get some help? Yeah. But also he keeps saying, just don't let them find me. So maybe she's trying to respect his wishes in this situation. But there are people looking for him in hazmat suits, and he looks yeah. very, very sick. Yeah. Again, he's not just like a dude on the run. No, just weird. Again, just weird decisions by everybody in this episode. Ah, yeah. Um, we then see Allie getting let out of the building to Mayborn, but like she ain't telling him nothing because she doesn't like the way he smells. So <laughs> there, Mayborn. I always imagined he would be the kind of guy that would wear way too much cologne. Brute. Yep. For men. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So back in the med lab, Junior is on his last legs, and Jack basically jokes that it's like it's too bad they can't hit him with a defibrillator. And Sam and Doctor Fraser just look at each other like, Nah, no, nah, it can't. It can't be that. Can't. But can, may, yeah, maybe. Is it? Is it that? Is it? And basically, they've simulated every other environmental condition of, like, the Jaffa pouch, except for the small electrical current that runs through everything. So, maybe. I mean, they can't shot A full defibrillator charge would kill it. But maybe if they can find a small enough current, maybe. So, maybe hope on the horizon on that front. And apparently the hazmat guys have left. So Allie goes back to Tilk and finds him now like even more covered in cocoon. And she is finally starting to get like a little freaked out. And she tries to convince him to let her get help. But he still just won't tell her anything. And she's still just like, dude, you, there's got to be somebody who we can call. But just, nope. And then back in the med lab, they've hooked up a small current using what looks like Three or three or four like C batteries kind of hooked up like duct tape together, and it seems to be working because Junior's Yay. looking a little more active. So congrats, Jack! You had Yay. a smart idea accidentally, but yay! And the phone rings, and apparently it's for Jack. And on the other end of the line, it's Allie. Yay. Apparently she did get some information out of Tilk, and she's like, "I had to talk to like 15 different people. Thank God I finally got you. Do you know the dude named Tilk?" Because you need to hurry up and get here. So, yay. Finally some good news. And then we jump cut to Jack climbing up the ladder in that building where he sees Tilk. And he's almost like even more fully cocooned now. And Daniel then pokes his head up and says he's going to go get help. Which why, why does he have to go get the help? Like, why isn't help there with them? <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 what do you mean you're going to get help? I mean, maybe 
it's like they were waiting down on the first floor or something until they knew where Tilk was and what it, but just the way Daniel says, I'm going to go get help makes it seem it like help is very far away. <laughs> they, 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 those guys should be right behind you. Like maybe you should I'll be the help them, really. I know. Or like Daniel, maybe like I'll go tell them we're here or just something just, mm-hmm. yeah. Again, I always have to go get them. It, it, that should not be necessary. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tilk begs Jack to kill him because apparently he's just, you know, in immense amounts of pain and the whole cocoon and the transformation like is like imminent. And Jack's like, no, you'll be okay. And we see Jack, uh, we see Tilk then getting led out of the building on a gurney and Allie wants to go with them. But obviously that's not possible. But don't worry, you know, she'll be taking care of everything. We'll be fine. And then she yells, hey, don't forget to tell Tilk he owes me one. So apparently Tilk owes her one. Yes. And then we cut to the infirmary, which is apparently sort of like post-op after Tilk got back. Because uh, Dr. Frazier says like his pouch had started to close, but they were able to open it back up and get Junior in there. And he... Junior does now seem to be working with the drug that Dr. Harlow was able to come up with to stop the transformation. And now they're hoping Junior can start working on reversing whatever had been done, which I I don't know how that would work, but okay, good luck, Junior. Please please do your job. (laughs) TV magic. Yes. Everything just magically goes back to normal. Yes, because it can't not, really. Because his body is going to magically be able to recognize the foreign DNA and just like expel it out of his system. Like a virus. Yep. Sure. Okay. He's going to pee it right on out. <laughs> Love, lovely, <laughs> lovely image. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, it's my TV magic. This is what's happening in my TV show. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> We then get the news that Mayborn has ordered the insect and all related materials to be sent to Area 51. And Jack's like, oh, for crying out loud. And well, oh, according to Dr. Harlow, too bad that the insect and all related materials will meet with an unfortunate lab accident. That's entirely his fault. So at least we got Dr. Harlow on, on the side of the good guys now. I so, did like that. I did like yes. that part where he's like, I'm, uh, that's not possible. Why? Well, you see, <laughs> there going will to be met be. with a very unfortunate accident. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm so clumsy. Whoops. <laughs> and of course, he'll take all the blame so nobody can blame the SGC. So I'm surprised, too, that none of the characters were like, why don't we just do that every time they want something? <laughs> yeah. Let's just pocket that one for later. Yeah. So we cut to uh, a few days later, something, a few time, uh, sometime later, and we see Allie playing in that abandoned building when Tilk shows up. Yay! Yay. With Daniel. He's Yay. all better. And Yay. like, he gives her like the biggest super soaker ever. And she's like, oh, this is the coolest thing. Oh my God, can you play? And Daniel tries to sort of like excuse them, but she just shoots Tilk with the gun and then runs off and Janice's like we probably shouldn't have loaded it like huh and Tilk's like well how would she defend herself as Tilk turns and shoots Daniel right in the chest with <laughs> the water gun which, which is really funny fun fact 
that water gun was not supposed to be loaded. Michael had no idea that that was going to happen. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's surprise. Well, he took it well. He did. As we come to the end. Yay. Yay. Um, any, any memos <laughs> this week? Oh, man. Um, don't take foreign things off the premises that are in alien transformation if you don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, make sure you have the appropriate protective gear when going on dangerous missions. Yeah. <laughs> take riot gear, not gas mask yeah. or things that stick you. Yes. Yeah, I don't. It just it seems funny to me that they would want to take him elsewhere, even though, you know, they were taking him to seemingly better facilities without being like, hmm, this is an alien technology and an alien transformation and something we have no idea about. We should probably keep it contained in the mountain. But no. Yeah. Because, I mean, even though it was a Venom thing, who knows if there's any kind of contagion involved in it. We don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's weird. It's weird. I, I agree. So. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? No. Okay. Uh, so the episode title, Bane. I think that's another thing. Just the episode title itself is just like, uh, so, the de- according to Merriam-Webster, Bane is a source of harm or ruin. Which, I mean, yes, that is what happens, but I don't know. I just don't think the episode name is not great. I don't know what else you would call it, though. Well, I could tell you what, what they called it in a few other countries that are slightly better. Sting. What is a sting? <laughs> no. We do get Venom in Italy. It was known as Venom. Oh, okay. Greenberg. Uh, in Hungary, it was known as the Eighth Plague, which mm. that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Germany, it was known as Insects of Death. <laughs> oh, that'll do. That, that's that's a little like he- heavy metal there for <laughs> you. <laughs> that's a really great band name. <laughs> that is Insects of Death. Uh, <laughs> and then in Spanish-speaking countries, it was known as Nightmare. There we go. That's all that I got. How, how how are you feeling about this episode now that we've talked about it? Do we like it any better or still not? Not really. No, because there's just so much. Okay, I do agree. Christopher Judge is acting awesome. Truly believed that he was in pain. But, like, every decision that his character made was weird. Yeah. It was just because, ultimately, he just ended up calling Jack, right? Why did he call Jack earlier to say, I'm running away, don't find me? If yeah. He was just later going to be like, oh, I'm actually here in an abandoned building. I've cocooned myself. Yeah. Somehow I know that I'm going to be turning into other tiny aliens, but I haven't locked myself in anything that would contain them. I don't know. Yeah. Just thought, yeah. Lots of weird decisions by so many people in this episode. It's all, it's all very weird. The only person I really like in this episode is the visiting doctor. Yeah, he turned out to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he play a villain somewhere? He has the face of an actor that could so easily play a villain. Um, let's see if we can find out. Nope, nope, not that link. I went down one. Let's see who plays Dr. Timothy Harlow. Uh, 
was played by Scott Highlands, H-Y-L-A-N-D-S. Um, let's see. He was on Winona Earp. Oh, as Wyatt. He played Wyatt Earp on Winona oh. Earp, apparently. Right. If you're a fan of that show. Uh, he was in Fargo, 2017, the series Fargo. Um, nope. Um, he oh, he's an episode of Supernatural as the judge in Frontierland when they went back to the Old West. Oh. Uh, he was Father Travis in V. I don't know anything about V. But uh, so apparently, oh, apparently, if you're playing Vancouver actors bingo, this guy should be on your list. So Scott Highlands should oh, be on right. Vancouver actors bingo. Um, yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. I don't know if any of them are bad guys. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. He played King Arthur in an episode of MythQuest. I don't even know what MythQuest is. What is MythQuest? Uh, a, a Canadian, like, TV series. Oh, okay. It, like, Yay, it's, it's a thing that pops up when you look at, like, Canadian actors, IMDb's MythQuest pops up a lot. Oh, so it sounds uh, like we need to look into this MythQuest. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if I click. Wait, where did it go? There it is. Let's see if I get a brief summary from IMDb. Uh, while searching for their missing father, a brother and sister, Alex and Cleo Bellows, are drawn into the actual myths when entering the cyber museum. They encounter Gorgos, a trickster god who wants to destroy the world by constantly changing the famous myths. Oh. So. Hmm. Yeah. Could be fun. Could be. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he, he has a very extensive IMDb. I have no idea if any of these people he's played are bad guys, but I'm sure it's possible given how extensive it is. So, yeah, sounds about right. I mean, oh, his IMDb goes all the way back to 1969. Ooh, well done. He, he's been acting for a while. Yep. Okay. So, okay. Well, yeah, so he's really the only one I liked in this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, all right. I think that's going to do it. Yes. Yep. All that's right. All yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo SG rewatch. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for the Tokra part one.